0: Hello, and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast.
1: You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello,
0: and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your host,
1: Rebecca and Kristen reunited. We're we're here. here. It's
0: It's been been a a hot hot minute. (laughs)
1: It's been a very hot minute since we have recorded together.
0: I know. You recorded with Mrs. New York American and I recorded with
1: um, Tara Allmendinger. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, we've talked, but we have not talked on a pod. And that's important to me. I know you said you missed me. I missed you so much. I was like calling out to you, like, I feel almost like deprived and alone.
0: Well, we shouldn't, we, we can't, we have to make sure we don't have
1: that much of a break again. Okay. Here's where we are going to start out today. Let's just set the tone for all of our listeners. Today we are discussing Miss USA. We normally discuss Mrs. Pageantry I understand for our listeners, if you are normally used to us talking Mrs. Pageantry, different Mrs. Pageant systems, I get it. You may not want to listen today, but today we are going all in on Miss USA.
0: I'm down for it. Are you down for it? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So for state costume, mm-hmm. I, well, I could, okay, wait, did you have a favorite?
1: Well, I had a couple of opinions in general. Do you like this new edition of State Costume? This is the second year of USA adding in State Costume. Traditionally, Miss Universe has always done country costume, right? But Miss USA has not done State Costume since like the 80s. So it's a new thing that um, Crystal Stewart has brought back to USA. Do you like it? I love it. I love State Costume. Okay, I like it because for me as a Mrs. Contestant, it takes me to like Mrs. Pageantry, route. like a lot of our Mrs. Pageants, we do it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I wish people would get, I don't want to say more creative because the costumes were all beautiful, uh-huh. but like, you know what I mean? Like they were all just very Victoria's Secret feeling
1: costumes. Here's what I'm gonna say. I felt like they were all very, I don't know if this is the word to use, but on the nose. Like when you think of the state, this costume was very on the nose for that state. It was exactly what I would expect you to wear for that state. None of them were that creative or outside the box. Like when I think of, let's just say like Oklahoma, um, I think of lots of Automatic things where I'm from. I don't necessarily always think of the fact that many major baseball players are from Oklahoma, and you don't ever see a baseball costume from Oklahoma. Even though we have a baseball hall of fame here, we have lots of baseball inspired, uh, like huge things in Oklahoma to do with baseball. I've never seen a state costume inspired by baseball. We've had, we have a Olympic training facility here for rowing. I've never seen anything to do with our Olympic training center. And like some of those things, I would love to see represented for a state costume. Is it the most known fact about Oklahoma? No, but is this a chance for us to kind of brag about Oklahoma? Sure. So that's what I think I'd love to see about state costume is take something maybe not as well-known and bring a little bit more glory to that thing in your state yes I yeah
0: a little more creativity I think yeah. like you said would be would have been awesome because I didn't necessarily felt like I learned anything right by watching. now um, did
1: I absolutely adore the Texas blue bonnet costume that won yes was it stunning was it beautiful absolutely but growing up in Texas one of the things that we have to do in Texas is take I don't know if you do this in Ohio, but we have to take a Texas state history class as a actual class in school. So of course, I had to do like a whole entire presentation on the state symbols. And I knew already that the Blue Bonnet was the Texas State flower. So that was like nothing new that I learned.
0: You know, it's funny. I had to do the same thing, but it had to be on a different state that we oh, were. Oh,
1: I actually, well, Texas is very proud of ourselves. We would never talk about another state. <laughs> Like, I know
0: a weird amount of information about Maryland.
1: How I kind of like that. I, I wish that you did, had to do like your own state you live in and then a different state.
0: This wasn't even anything super creative, but I will say the one that kind of, if I had been walking, would have stopped me in my tracks would have yeah. been Kansas. The basketball came out. Yeah. She, and again, it wasn't even any like it was anything that special. I think she's just so striking. Oh my gosh. And, She came out and I was just like, holy cow, like her body, her face, her hair.
1: Like she just I I think it it was was just her total look. Yeah. Was was her basket? Oh, it was. I'm I was the basketball completely beaded. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't think the basketball was, I think the jersey bodysuit was. I'm looking at a picture right now. I think the jersey was completely. Embellished, but I don't think the basketball was rhinestoned. But how cool would that have been if she would have rhinestoned the Jayhawk?
0: Yeah, that would have been awesome because there was a, I don't remember which state, but there was another basketball player, but she was much more literal. With
1: uh-huh. it. Yeah, like the and shorts was, and
0: stuff. Yeah, and she was actually like bouncing the basketball, which it was going really high. And this is like, it just like was making me nervous because I was thinking <laughs> if I was doing it and bouncing the basketball and it was going high, that I would like lose control of the basketball. <laughs> And so the
1: whole time I was stressed out oh watching gosh. this. Okay, so while I'm switching over to finals, while I'm switching over to my finals photos, because I have to look at pictures to keep up, tell me about what you thought about the social media coverage leading up to the week.
0: I liked it. I liked that they were doing the reels on Instagram with okay. the different contestants, just so you can kind of see what they were doing and see some of their different personalities.
1: Did you like the that. actual... Miss USA coverage or did you like each contestant's coverage? Talk to me about that.
0: Oh, I liked the Miss I thought the Miss USA coverage of trying to of showing the reels of the
1: different women. Did you happen to see at all the packing lists that the girls were sent?
0: Yes. Yes. Where it was just like a bunch of black pants
1: or bottoms. Seven times they were supposed to wear their Miss USA t-shirts and seven black bottoms.
0: And that they were going to be given a t-shirt, but they could buy more if they wanted.
1: Right. And it was like $25 per extra t-shirt, but they were required to be wearing the Miss USA t-shirt seven times and seven times they were wearing black bottoms. And then they were going to wear their competition wardrobe, their first impression outfit, but they weren't sure yet what that was going to be for. And then it was just supposed to be like a fashion forward outfit. And then they needed a couple of other fashion forward outfits, but they weren't. Again, sure what those were for. Tell me as a contestant, you're 24 years old. You've maybe competed at your state level. This is your first time to go to Miss USA. You get this packing list. What does what goes through your mind here?
0: <laughs> I, me, Younger me would have been disappointed because if I made it all the way to Miss USA, literally the, like the dream pageant for so many women that age to go to, I would have hoped I could have had more of a, a wardrobe that was more me mm-hmm. and wasn't forced to wear the same T-shirt every single day. Yeah, older me. I'd be like, ah, oh, sure, that might be nice. <laughs> so okay. a just a t-shirt. So I think it'll it probably was dependent on the woman because I'm sure there were some that were upset about it, but then there was probably some that might have been kind of relieved.
1: Following social media. I'm just asking from my perspective. Did you find seeing the photos of the girls all in that same outfit made it harder for girls to stand out for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay.
0: because it gets to a point where there's so many and they kind of blur together when you're scrolling. Yes. And so, yeah, I there was nothing that was memorable necessarily that stood out at all because it was the black bottoms and the same shirt. And exactly was a bunch of brunettes. It was just a bunch of brunettes. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, like there's you know Georgia and she's very glamorous, or there's
1: Ohio and she's got a fun sense of style. Like none of that. That is exactly how I felt. I had such a hard time following some of the state contestants from the day they were crowned until the day they left for nationals. And then once they got to nationals, after that, I felt like I lost them. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. it does. Like
1: I had a few favorites who I had loved and I, I will just be completely transparent here. I did not coach anybody for Miss USA. So I did not have any horses in the game. I was not invested in any particular one contestant. So I had a really kind of relaxing time for the first time ever watching Miss USA, I did not have any horses in the race. I was able to just watch from a relaxed perspective, which was kind of different and nice. So watching these girls, I had my personal favorites going in and I just felt like once I got there after that check-in day, everyone sort of just melded into one until interview. And it was so strange to just see them all sort of like disappear for a minute and then come back on interview day.
0: Do you think that was an effort to almost level the playing field a little bit where it's like you really, it makes it more difficult to stand out. So you have to stand out based on your personality and your beauty, or do you think
1: it was just purely branding? So I think there's a couple of options here that you can take. I love... The perspective of we're going to take every single winner and have them shoot with the same photographer, same makeup artist, same hair people for headshots so that the the playing field is leveled, right? Like we're not going to let one state have this top of the line hair makeup artist, top of the line photo, like photographer, and then a maybe a less well-known pageant state It's just going to do like a local person in their, you know, backyard. And those are going to be your headshots. I love the idea that we take everybody to Cancun. We shoot on these, like this big shoot in the pool. And it's all with great photo. And it's all with this big team flawless team. And this is your official headshot. I love that idea of that's the level playing field. But part of being a national title holder, especially at, Miss USA which is trying to be in my mind an influencer type role is your personal brand who are you what do you want to be who are you outside of your pageant life what is your style what's your brand what's your personality and to me that is so much of what you express through clothing and if you cannot do that during the pageant week, you're losing that one time when your audience is watching you more than ever. And that is a huge disservice to these women. I mean, that is,
0: and that's part of the fun as a spectator as well, is being (gasps) able to watch. I mean,
1: it's literally literally my favorite part of the pageant is watching the style of pageantry. I I will tell you, I, I saw another huge pageant fan that I'm really close friends with. He commented that for the first time ever, he was not excited about Miss USA. And I said, I think I feel the same way because we don't have the Fidel, Bershada headshots to look forward to. It was a dream to get to go to Miss USA and have that shoot. It was one of the events of the week you would get to go, you put your swimsuit on, you would get to shoot with Fidel. And it was a moment like you would have these photos forever. And then they would get posted on the Miss USA site. And fans would just Google and awe over them for days leading up to the pageant. And you could also have those right for the rest of your life, like, sort of like your I would say like, if we could translate this over to Mrs. World, like Mrs. Pageantry World, um, sort of like your desert shots, Mm -hmm. right? Like your glam photos, these very outside the box, they were not traditional pageant photos. They were very fashion forward photos. Now we don't get those. We have nothing to really like sit around and wait for. We just get another picture of girls in white t-shirts and black somethings yeah it was just a little bit disappointing for me to watch on social I so appreciated the girls who took the time to put on different outfits every day outside of their t-shirt and black bottoms and do a little social media coverage and take the picture and then put their other outfits back on and go do their events I really appreciate those women
0: I agree with you. I really like that, but like totally just playing devil's advocate, it's one. Oh, of those please things, do. Though, if let's say like maybe you don't have a lot of money, and maybe you it if for you to go in general is going to be really expensive and really mm-hmm. difficult. I feel like for those women, there's some pressure taken off that you yeah. don't have to do the whole like keeping up with the Joneses totally, situation. totally, and. So I can't appreciate that if that was the actual motive behind the t-shirts. But if the motive was just like, just to have a brand t-shirt on, then then I don't like it.
1: But what I really loved is so many of the girls who were competing, I saw posted really sustainable and also um, affordable brands. And I thought that was really refreshing. I did not see a... Like, okay, so there's 51 girls, right, at Miss USA. Some of them, of course, are going to post a lot of high-end designers. But I saw a lot of girls posting sustainable and also affordable brands as the outfits they were wearing or the shoes they were wearing or the accessories they were wearing. And I thought that was really refreshing for people who watch pageants to know, like, okay, you look so put together. You look so stylish, so fashion forward. And that whole outfit cost you know, what, $60, $30, or you got that all from a thrift store and like repurposed, okay, I'm here for that. I
0: know, and you're a huge advocate for that because you, well, you Mm -hmm. like a bargain one, but you also are big on-
1: I love repurposing. Mm -hmm. I love to find something from a vintage shop or a Goodwill store or resale and then just tweak it or change it just a little bit and make it your own and rewear because I think it can give it a whole new life. And I love seeing, it, like, I mean, I know there's been, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but she's been a lot of heat about Texas the winner, but I love what she's doing with sustainable fashion. And I don't think anybody can give her any heat about what she's doing with taking um, pieces that already exist and repurposing them into some of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Okay. So now that we've sidelined from our online. How'd you feel about opening number?
0: Oh my gosh, it was again they had the title holder doing the dance and being the main part of the show. And I mean it's up. like they watched Mrs. America. <laughs> well, thank goodness she knew like how to perform and how right? to dance because again my stress level I'm like oh my gosh ah." and that dance number was intense that was okay so I'm going to
1: tell you Kristen there's been a lot of flack I don't know if you've seen about these outfits there was a lot of flack last year about the black bodysuits this year they were the white like kind of fringy sequined embellished bodysuits how'd you feel about them oh I didn't mind them
0: like that I, I liked that they were trying to push the envelope a little bit with, the, with having a little bit of glamour and having a little bit of sparkle and with their bodysuit. But the fact that it was a long sleeve bodysuit, I didn't mind it. I know people probably didn't like it, but that didn't bother me. What bothered me more was the plain ba- black bodysuits last year.
1: You didn't like them last year? But, no. Really? I didn't love the black bodysuits last year. It was just kind
0: of like... I mean, everyone looked good. They were just kind of there, but. Oh, I wish we were
1: on, on Zoom really right fun. now. I wish you could see my face. Yeah, I know. I like these better. <laughs> Did we do a USA podcast last year? Did we start this podcast last year by USA? No. Oh, I loved the, the All Black. No, I thought it was like probably so. It would have been like, your style's trash. I can't talk to you. No, it wasn't about the style. What I loved about last year's opening number is it was very modern in my mind and it really reminded me I know this is like so nerdy please don't hate me and fire me as your podcast host have you ever seen sing it in the rain Yes, you have yeah why do you have that tone in your voice because I'm just waiting to see what you're about to say (laughs) okay well it's my very favorite musical of all time And I watched it every single Sunday afternoon growing up because my parents always took a nap on every single Sunday and I would watch a musical every single Sunday. And that was the one I always chose. And there's this one dance number during Singing in the Rain where they do this like super mod dance. And they're wearing these like black bodysuits. And OMG, it just like, I just think it's so amazing. I love it so much. I want to watch it over and over and over again. And that... Opening number gave me all those vibes. I loved it so much. I want to watch it over and over and over again. I adored it. So then watching this year's with the Giovanni white long sleeve with the, like, little pearl. It was almost like pearl and rhinestones, right? Like, little, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you call them? Like, tassels? Fringe? It wasn't really fringe. Yeah, like, like beaded fringe, maybe. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily fringe. It was more like beaded stringy thingies. Yeah, because it wasn't like fringe. <laughs> fringe, I think of like more like closer together. But, you know, dinglies. I just thought it was really cool. Cardone, I loved it. The oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I would have loved to see, and this is me being a throwback 38-year-old to pageantry of old. Is a cocktail. I love a good cocktail opening number. That's just me. I don't want a Super Bowl opening number. And that's how I felt like this looked. I felt like this looked like the Super Bowl halftime show for L, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yep. Very JLo-esque. But for Miss USA, I wanted that bodysuit to be a cocktail. That's just me. Personal opinion, nothing against Giovanni. I love everything they did. I just wish it would have been a cocktail. Personal opinion.
0: Yeah, didn't bother me. I could have done either way. (laughs) Yeah, but I loved the black. It was a lot. I would have been nervous as a contestant about doing that dance. And there was
1: a lot of stairs Mm -hmm. going on. Oh my gosh, let's get to the stairs. Okay, we got to move forward. So then we hold the top 16. Let's talk about the top 16. How'd you feel about it? Was there anybody like shocking that you were just Ugh, crushed, left out.
0: Um, I thought Kentucky was going to get further than what she did just based on what I had seen, I guess, at her state pageant.
1: I think for me, just like every single pageant of all time, there's always women, and I don't want to ever call people girls, women that I always feel like are left out that could have made it further. But I feel like overall, as a whole... This was a great sixteen. Mm-hmm. However, so there what was I some from
0: the sixteen that didn't make it on that I thought
1: what I absolutely happen. personally hated the most of all time was why do you call a top sixteen and without anything, no actual realm of competition, do you immediately cut to a twelve? Yeah, that was weird. I did not like that. I don't like um, based on what you're just wearing in this top. 16 announcement that you also did not tell these girls was going to be judged because what you told them on their packing list was fashion forward you did not tell them this was a first impression on stage top 16 outfit and now you're cutting them based on that outfit I did not like that
0: yeah that feels very deceitful
1: yeah so personally I just did not like that. I feel really sad for the four that were cut. I don't know why we needed to cut those four. I don't know why we couldn't just let them all 16 perform and swim.
0: Yeah. I okay.
1: Top 12 swim.
0: You know what I don't like is the fact that they make them wear that little tiny heel and swim.
1: Uh-huh. The sponsor, sponsor shoes?
0: That was my only issue. You have a moment,
1: a moment to – a bone to pick with the sponsor shoes? They're just little. And I have a, so I have a big bone to pick with, in general, when you provide a sponsored items, item, items, whatever it is, to contestants, in my opinion, I'm getting really mad. I'm like beating my hand against my other hand. These should be provided prior to arrival of the competition. There's a couple of reasons. Number one, many times a swimsuit, a shoe, a dress, whether it's an opening number dress, whatever it is, doesn't fit every single body type. And a lot of times women need time to have those pieces altered. And it gives them the most confident time on the stage. If you want to have the absolute best telecast, livecast, um, broadcast, whatever it is, give your girls the best time they can have on stage. Let them shine. The only way they can do that is to give them the absolute best wardrobe you can. If these designers and sponsors are giving you these pieces, just mail it to them ahead of time and let them practice in these pieces. Let them get these pieces altered and fitted. Tell, give them rest- restrictions around not changing the actual structure of the garment but letting them fit it to their body so that everyone shines and looks their best personal opinion yeah, so I got I real agree. heated there
0: <laughs> no I agree but at the same time I don't know I agree with that but I must be in a devil's advocate kind of mood because then you also always hear about the whole like well let's let's see who's cut out for this let's see
1: who's gonna make I it I know work. but Kristen out. there are women who go to Miss USA, by luck of the draw, they arrive at three o'clock in the day. They get two swimsuit fittings. They're a size zero. All that's left are size six. That's what they're left with. Imagine how that feels because everyone that morning took all the zeros. That's really, really difficult to deal with when you have when you're a zero and you have a size six swimsuit to adapt to and make look fabulous on you, when you could have gotten that size six mailed to you and altered to fit your body beautifully and look as flattering as possible. And given that sponsor, the best promotion they could have offered. Because when a sponsor sends in their pieces, they send X number of every size. They try to do their best to provide for what the, the organization has requested, no matter what it is. And if you really want to highlight those sponsors, show them your best. You don't want to ever show up looking too big, too small, just off, awkward and off, right? You want to highlight these brands. So when you're showing up looking bunchy or... I don't know, things are pulling or just not looking perfect. That's not a good look.
0: No, I totally agree. I was just, you know, I was just having like a whole top motto
1: moment where, like, oh, but granted, I, I get it. I if this is a fashion show, school. it's a different <laughs> deal. But this is Miss USA where you've got the world watching you. This is your chance, as let's say Kittenish, who was the swimsuit sponsor, to be mm. watching show the world what your outfits look like by highlighting what they look like instead of putting a size 2 girl in a size 8 swimsuit or a size 8 girl in a size 2 swimsuit it just doesn't always work okay so we get to we get past swim it's time for gown what do you think how did you feel to get the gown competition went um i would have felt a lot
0: better about it if they didn't have to walk down those dang stairs <laughs>
1: I have heard so, okay, so Kent Parham, the choreographer of Miss USA, has been the choreographer of Miss Oklahoma for many, many, many years. Miss Oklahoma that goes on to Miss America. Kent has a reputation for adoring stairs. That is like his... Bread and butter. I don't know what it is. He loves some stairs. So I don't know if you noticed the guy that like hands the flowers to the winner. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of blondie hair. Yeah. That's Kent. He's the choreographer for the whole pageant. Mm-hmm. He loves stairs. Now, granted, yeah. do I first of all wish they would have eliminated the stairs? Yes. Second of all, do these girls need to know? Kent is the choreographer and he loves stairs. Every single year at Miss Oklahoma, there are a minimum of 20 stairs you walk down. And you do wow. it in swim and gown.
0: I don't like that.
1: So I'm telling you, if you are competing in Miss USA next year, 2023, you need to be ready to walk down some stairs, ladies. The stairs killed some of these girls for me.
0: Yeah, I would not feel as confident. Even if I had maybe not, maybe if I practice it, but I don't know, like there's just too much risk in a gown and heels and stairs that I, in that stage does not exactly look like it's got a lot of grip
1: on it. The problem I think with stairs is keeping your eye contact with the audience and the judges and the camera. Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to automatically as a person, as a human want to look down, where am I going? Am I going to fall? You want to look down Maybe you walk down stairs. But as a pageant contestant, you're supposed to be eye contact, eye contact, right? So the only way you can do that properly is thousands of hours of practice. And I don't, I really don't know that any of these women I could call the queen of the stare.
0: Nope, I didn't like any of it. Some of them did
1: that like sidestep thing and that
0: felt more didn't, I'm not
1: That's what most like, women that I've seen at Oklahoma do. They do a little bit of the side, which I think I would do if I were to compete today. I would do a little bit of that side step.
0: Yeah, it just would feel more like stable. Like you're like almost like you can feel it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's a, a way to still look out and know where you're going. Mm-hmm. I want to just have a few moments to talk about my. Heart favorite. I don't know if I can say that without sounding really weird, but who I really wanted to root for so badly, but just could not get a hundred percent behind Kansas. I loved her so much from social. I wanted so badly to root for Kansas. I wanted to be the biggest Kansas fan. I wanted to, until interview pictures were posted And I really could not get on board with her interview outfit personally. It just wasn't for me. Down, I knew you weren't going to be in. It wasn't for me personally. That's okay. I loved it for her. It was fine. If If she loved it, I loved it. But it just wasn't my favorite. I would have never picked it for her. And then on stage, when she came down the stairs, she just did not feel like she felt like Miss USA it was in the stairs that she really lost it for me. She was on the fence in the interview <laughs> office. I was like, okay, you're still in my top, but you're wavering. And then when she was coming down the stairs, I was like, oh, I just, I can't send you to Miss Universe. That that's yeah, for me I- is where she fell out of my, my favorites. And I loved her so much up until then.
0: I... Really liked her no matter what because I still saw so much potential in her. And Miss Universe, they do like tall women. They do. And
1: she I had mean, the look. She definitely had yeah. the look. But you can't crown a national winner for potential. We're past that point you know, at this really at right. this time. Yeah. Tell me what you, you know, thought about. Right. Um, now that we're already kind of past gown, we're moving to the onstage stage question. Mm-hmm. did you feel they all, that they were all fair?
0: Yeah I I did I didn't I didn't think that anyone was um, harder than others now I, I didn't it did seem no okay let me ask this before I say this okay did did they cater these questions to the women specifically or was it supposed to be random?
1: It did not feel to me they were specifically catered however I cannot confirm that
0: okay because for for me i thought they were all really great questions
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like about women in the workplace and about you know if there should be an age limit in politics and and like if influencers should be required to say that they're being paid for something Mm -hmm. but texas specifically was asked about abortion her plan for um climate change and that's kind of part of w- what she is and what she does oh wait i thought texas was asked about abortion no she was asked about her what her plan would be for climate change and she talked about how you know you can do something basically in your everyday life like what she does which is her everyday life is designing so she does sustainable design
1: got it but, okay So that probably leads us into the next talking point, which is, I wanna give a disclaimer. We are not here to say anything about Raboni, Miss Texas USA, Miss USA 2022, not being deserving of this crown at all. This is just about organization optics and how things are looking from the outside looking in how things are coming out post-crowning. There's a lot of social media things coming out. We just want to kind of touch on some of those things, nothing to do with her as a contestant, just from the organizational standpoint, optics. And that's one of the things that felt a little targeted for her in her benefit, as well as the judging panel.
0: Yeah, because the judging panel also, there was designer or a designer
1: on the two two fashion designers a model social media influencer a trainer another model and a businesswoman producer
0: and then for the costume portion you told me that she knew some of the judges as well for that right yeah
1: what's come it has not been officially announced who the judges were but purportedly two of the judges for the state costume contest were her personal sponsors for her aesthetics Um, that were in a photo with Crystal Stewart from the State Costume Contest. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of things are just coming out that feel a little bit, just from optics perspective, from the Miss USA Corporation, like she was given a little bit of a different setup than, let's just say, North Carolina, Nebraska, Ohio, and Illinois, the other top five contestants, to have a bit of an advantage as far as having connections with certain sponsors having a certain judging panel having just a little bit of a different connection or advantage quote unquote with certain people again this is nothing to do with texas herself doing anything wrong this is just what we are seeing from a little bit of the outside looking in from the perspective of a viewer Looking at the pageant of just reporting on what we're seeing.
0: Well, and it's hard, right? Because in Pat, I, I, pageantry is in and it of itself not always 100% fair. The most beautiful, hardest working, best spoken, whatever, isn't always going to win no matter what. Correct. So if you ever give anyone a reason to feel like someone was given unfair treatment when it's already
1: um, can be biased? Well, the thing is, it's subjective, right? Mm Pageantry is subjective. It's three, five, seven, however many judges' opinions. Mm -hmm. It's subjective. It is not a whoever runs the fastest, whoever scores the most points. It's who these people connect with or quote unquote like the best. There's no real hard and fast rules.
0: So then if you have, People that know that she supports their brand and they, to the point that they actually sponsor her, it's going to be hard not to connect with her and notice so many good things about her because they already like her.
1: And I'm telling you, even probably, I want to say a week and a half ago before the contestants even arrived in Reno, I was talking to another person who was not even involved with anything to do with Texas pageants or you know, Mrs. Pageantry, and we were just chatting about different things. And I said, oh gosh, I just feel like Texas just has something special about her. She just really stands out to me. That's just for me being an objective bystander, because what I saw from social media is she was just really present. She was doing a lot of really unique things with her sustainable fashion, with her unique fashion design. And as far as sending a contestant to Miss Universe, which is what the USA fans have been begging for for years It's let's send a contestant to Miss universe that can compete. To me, she felt like someone who could. And I just mentioned that to this, this other friend and lo and behold, here she went. And then all this starts blowing up about, Oh, it was rigged for her, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, or I, I mean, I have no proof of any of it, But what we do want to say here on The Pageant Buzz is we hear you, we see you, we hear the um, contestants who are coming forward saying their truth, and we do recognize that. And we just want to say from the optics perspective, it doesn't always look super fair, super clear. We don't understand why Texas was given a certain trip to Cancun and Colorado was not provided that same opportunity since they were both crowned after the group trip to Cancun, there's just a lot of questions we have. But we do want to recognize that from our perspective, she was a very deserving queen to be crowned on that stage.
0: And I feel like the organization needs to be cognizant of these types of things to begin with, because if a contestant leaves feeling like it was not fair or that they truly, truly, Did not have a chance to connect with the judges because it was rigged. Then that is the absolute worst, and people are not going to want to be a part of the organization. So they have to almost oh. So even if none of this is true and it's all a coincidence, they need to be more aware of this type of thing, no matter what. So
1: that I had a director once tell me, and this has stuck with me forever, is she was very honest with me. And she said, I did try to rig my pageant once and it backfired so incredibly badly. And since that time, I have never tried to break my pageant again. And I don't know why, but that's just always stuck with me is that the one time she did try to rig it, it backfired so badly that she never tried again. Because I guess like the consequences of that, whatever it was, really like got to her. I don't know what happened, but apparently it was just so bad. I don't know what they were, but I do think there are usually, there's always something to the truth will find you out. I firmly believe in that. And I just have to believe that I don't think this was anything that Texas herself did wrong. I think we should be so supportive, so excited for her. She earned this title she worked for years to get it. We should be so supportive of her, so excited for her as she goes to Miss Universe and so excited to support her as Miss USA.
0: And that's the other thing too. Like no matter what, whether like it's true or not, like she did work really hard to get there. You don't get to Miss USA by not working hard. That's right. And now there's all this stuff coming out. And it's just like, that is such, I'd be so bummed out if I won something and people were saying, We didn't have a chance. It was rigged for her. And I would just want to be like, you know what? No, like the chips like fell in my favor or whatever the saying is this time for this pageant. I worked really hard
1: to show my best self and they wanted it this time. Breaking news. Cutting in here. We've got breaking news in from the Mrs. American Pageant. Some big news to tell you. There has recently been a press release announced that our current mrs american trinette norris has resigned from her title as mrs american she cites personal reasons for her reason for resigning thoughts opinions i don't know what i'm allowed to say
0: <laughs> i'm letting you need it
1: darling this is all you i have given you the, the reins here i have told you what you the press release says she has cited personal reasons for her resignation.
0: I think it's sad any time a title holder has to step aside, no matter what. That's the worst. And this just happened last year for Mrs. World, where Sri Lanka stepped aside after the whole crown-grabbing incident. Oh
1: my gosh, we have never got to do a podcast on that.
0: You don't know the story. What happened was our last year's Mrs. World, Mrs. Sri Lanka, was at the Mrs. Sri Lanka pageant. And she had found out that the winner was technically separated from her. Legally, legally,
1: not technically, legally.
0: Okay, yes, legally. And she was really upset about it because she felt like that wasn't really fair to the other married women. And in order for her to represent all married women of Sri Lanka, that her marriage should have been in good standing. So she took it upon herself, made an announcement on stage that she was giving the title to the first runner-up and pulled the crown off of Mrs. Sri Lanka's head and put it on the first runner-up, which she did not have the authority to do that. She felt as though she did, and then she said she stepped down from that role, and it went to a first runner-up, Kate Schneider. And Mrs. World stepped the down. Rain. Yes, Mrs. World stepped down. So that's what happened with that, and so now there's just a year later, now Mrs. American is stepping down, and it's gonna go to first runner-up which i mean i'm gonna be honest i'm not that sad about because i love
1: her so much i mean it just feels like literally yesterday that we were there in las vegas watching mrs american watching the pageant watching south carolina watching our mrs ohio battling out in top three and I couldn't be more excited for Christy taking on the title of Mrs. American, Mrs. South Carolina, formerly now Mrs. American. I am so excited to cheer her on during this year and at Mrs. World and congratulations to you, Christy.
0: Oh, I think she's got it at shit. Yeah. World. Her platform of the blonde bombshell, which is so funny when you first hear that, you're like, oh my gosh, like, that's so weird. That's your platform. And, right. and she speaks about it and you melt. You're just like, oh my
1: gosh. Have you this- read her blog? No, I didn't oh. know that she had a blog. Oh, she has a full blog about her full cancer story of surviving breast cancer, going through the treatment process, um, resources. If you are going through breast cancer, just... It is such a raw and real journey through the whole process and I spent probably a full like six hours reading through every single post on her blog. Oh, I'm going to have to do
0: that then. Yeah,
1: we'll link it here in the show notes.
0: Well, congratulations, Christy. I know she, I mean, she went right home and picked up where she left off. Yeah, she she has not stopped
1: working. She has not stopped any of the work she's doing. She is such a queen in every aspect of the word. And that's what I love about pageantry is truly like, I would say, what do you think, Kristen? Like 96, 97% of the women and the people involved in this industry are the kind of people that want pageants to be successful.
0: Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it changed my life. Like it truly did. It put me right back on track to being healthy and remembering that I'm a person and not just a mom and a wife like I mean and that's just what it did for me it it helps people with public speaking with their not just their health and fitness but that does
1: help but like finding your purpose finding your confidence finding why you're here again like discovering your your joy discovering your motivation just all those things it has so much more then the few negative stories that we do hear, the negative stories get the press, but the positive stories really don't get as much press. What he, we here at The Pageant Buzz want to do is really highlight the, the positive work that title holders are doing because that is the work that is important and we don't want to really harp on the, the gossip and the negative, even though it does happen and we have to cover it. What we want to remind you is the work matters, and we see you and we see what you're doing every day.
0: Do you want to end it with a Chris's question?
1: Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. If you were left a inheritance of $1 million, what would you do with it?
0: I would buy all the rhinestones that I could get my hands on and I would start a spark. Business, which I kind of already have. I have a brand. If you haven't heard of it, I call it Southern Style Glam, and it's basically the name that I just make all my fun sparkle crafts under, and then I give them to people because I don't typically charge for the things that I make. But I would do it full time.
1: You'd buy a million dollars worth of rhinestones.
0: I mean, the stuff to go with it too, Rebecca. Don't be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> oh my lord. Well. You know what? If there's ever been a Dolly answer, that is it. I probably should
0: have said I would have like given it to charity.
1: Hey, this is why you are the Dolly Effect. Love you, Kristen. Thank you for podcasting with me today. We will catch you all again very soon, and let's sign us off. Do I get to say the thing?
0: Yes. All right, well, Follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod. And Rebecca said I can say don't forget to sparkle. Bye, everybody.
1: We are currently booking our next guest. So follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod. And send us a DM if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast.